Packers-Seahawks tonight. It's an elimination game in the NFL. There's a great NBA game tonight we may touch on later. And yes, folks, I am going to respond to the Baker Mayfield comments about me on the Pardon My Take podcast. And folks, I'm just going to say this. It's getting close to the holidays. Me and Andrew Lynch are planning on giving you guys money to spend on your girlfriend, on your wife, on your side piece, whatever it is. We're going to give you some winners. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Listen, by now, you know my voice. FS1, Fox Sports Radio, The Big Lead. I'm joined, as always, by Andrew Lynch. Lynch, I want to get you started here. Not a gambling question, per se, but, you know, one of the more popular NFL podcasts, sports podcasts. Heck, pardon my take, Baker Mayfield was a guest. We've talked about him a lot. He happened to take a couple shots at me. Uh, to Big Cat, uh, how does one respond when an NFL quarterback who's having a good rookie year takes a shot at you? What's the move, Lynch? What should I do in this instance? You roll with it, you invite him onto your podcast, and then you gamble with him, obviously. Yes. Oh, well, there you go. The brains behind this operation, Andrew Lynch. Uh, let's dive right into it, folks. It's a tremendous week 11 in the NFL The college football slate is not good. Be careful. I know we've been hot on college football. A lot of bad games. A lot of huge lines. I would almost say, and this is tough. Producer Conrad knows it well. Sometimes when the games aren't there, you just park your money. Spend some time with your family. Maybe catch up on Netflix. Go to the movies. There are going to be times to not gamble. This college football weekend could be one of them. In short, it is time to put up or shut up. Put Up or Shut Up, the most fun gambling podcast game on the entire internet. I believe that's a fact, Andrew Lynch. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records. It's officially official. And we got a lot of wagers this week, folks. Thank you for them. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, my Venmo account cannot hemorrhage all the money, so we're only going to take three this week. I will say this. Using the hashtag Put Up or Shut Up, if you would like to gamble against me and win my money, you don't lose money. You just have to leave a very kind review on iTunes for us. We'll take them next week. Get them in early Thanksgiving week. We will be recording early. So please get those put up or shut ups in. Let's get to the ones from this week. Producer Conrad, what have we first? First up from A-Town Johns. He wants the Cowboys at the Falcons. Falcons are minus three and a half. Lynch, this is a tough one because we discussed it a little bit on Monday. We know the public is going to be all over the Cowboys, right? They win one of those island games on Sunday night, taking down the defending Super Bowl champs. That one shocked me. I love the Eagles in that spot. And, of course, on the other side, you've got the Atlanta Falcons, who just laid a big egg in Cleveland, and they embarrassed themselves, got beat pretty badly. Now they go home licking their wounds. I'm going to let you get started on this one, Lynch, before I get to whether or not I want to gamble on the Falcons in this spot. What what, what are you seeing in this game? So my initial read was all about the run game. I thought, you know, the Atlanta run defense really has been a sieve this year. They've just been giving up yards after yards after yards. Ezekiel Elliott, that Dallas offensive line is beaten up as they are. My initial lean was Dallas, but the more I dive into this, I'm really convinced that the Falcons are going to cover here. Um, this has come down from four and a half originally. I think outside of put up or shut up, you can probably count on it coming down to three. It's at three in most places. The Westgate still has it at three and a half, but it's at, it's three at stations. It's three at William Hill. I think I'm leaning Falcons here. And really what I feel like is I'm gambling on Atlanta's game plan early in the game. 
If they come out passing the ball, I think this turns into a track meet with Atlanta at home, and I don't think Dallas can keep up. Atlanta has the number five pass offense. Dallas has the number 26 pass defense by DVOA. On the other hand, if Atlanta comes out with a more conventional kind of mindset and they try to run the ball, well, the Cowboys are number one in defensive line adjusted line yards against the run, and they're number six in defensive DVOA against the run. I think Atlanta knows that. I think Atlanta knows its strength is the passing game, and I think they're going to come out and just outpace the Cowboys in scoring. Interesting. Now, Lynch, one of the things I like to look at, because you're right, that Cowboys defensive line is nasty. Eagles couldn't run the football. However, and again, the Wednesday practice is early. You don't want to read too much into it. We know the Friday practice matters most. But at practice Wednesday, the Cowboys, remember they had the short week after the Tennessee game, Eagles, physical game in the trenches. No Zach Martin, no Tyron Smith at practice. Two key offensive linemen. We already know they're down their center. Three defensive linemen did not practice for the Cowboys Wednesday. I'm not saying you want to make a bet based on that, but when you toss in no Sean Lee, you toss in, as you said, the explosive Falcons offense, I would be careful going all in on the Cowboys. Now, when we know the public is coming in on Dallas for the purposes of this wager. Put up or shut up. Give me the Atlanta Falcons. Producer Conrad, you have it here as three and a half. But looks like as we were recording this Thursday morning, I'm seeing like a juice three. What do we want to go with for the wager? You know what, J-Mac? We kind of hurt you last week. We'll give you the three this week. Yes, thank you. Give me the Falcons. Yes, Jags, Colts last week. Producer Conrad officially weighs in. It's three. I've got the Falcons favored by three to cover A-Town Johns. Thanks for the bet. All right, so we got two good college football wagers in. We're not going to dive as deep on these. Producer Conrad, what's first? We have uh, at the Goat Wins 247. He wants Iowa State heading to Texas. Texas is minus two and a half. First of all, great handle, Mr. Goat Wins. So the Goat Wins 24-7. I like that. Where's the 365? Huh? Come on, Goat. Um, you know, the obvious, the big suspension here for Iowa State, no David Montgomery, the good running back. He's a pro, by the way. He's going to be in the NFL. He threw a punch in a bad spot, kind of responding. So he has to miss the first half of this game. I'm going to go with Texas here, favored by two and a half. You know, There's still an outside chance that Texas gets in the Big 12 title game. I know they need help. And we know producer Conrad, Mr. College, I believe their coach, Matt Campbell, he's a very good coach. I think he's fielding a lot of NFL calls, not through him, through his agent. And I would wonder if the full focus of the Cyclones coach is here. I'm going Texas, favored by two and a half. That's for you at the GOAT wins. All right, final put up or shut up, producer Conrad. We have at real Paul Pedram. He wants Syracuse at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's minus 10.5, but the game is at Yankee Stadium. Okay, so this is probably the game of the weekend, which is weird because it's not a good weekend. I know game day is like at Central Florida, Cincinnati, yikes. Um, You know, I started to look at this number, and I think I'm going to go with the Irish. I know 10.5 is a big number, but when I look at the efficiency numbers, I just don't think Syracuse has the offense to keep up with Notre Dame in this spot. So I'm going to go with the Irish. Favored by 10.5. It is a big number. I know Notre Dame has a big rivalry game next week against USC. Uh, perhaps they're looking ahead, but I don't think so. Give me Brian Kelly and the Fighting Irish. Favored by 10.5. You must be the Monopoly guy. Hey, thanks for the free parking. 
Next up on the podcast, Good Bet, Bad Bet. This is where Andrew Lynch and I dive into NFL games of interest to us. Games that we'll be betting on. Now, before we dive into the games, Lynch, I was in the hallway walking to the podcast and I ran into Todd Furman, a guy who's on an FS1 show here. He's a big gambler. And, you know, he's had a podcast for five years. And he tells me, all they want is picks. And we've discussed this internally. Like, we could just come out and give you picks. We could. But it feels more interesting to help people put together a podcast and a process for guys who have been wagering for years. I just want your quick thoughts on just picks versus the process. I love making picks. I uh, To me, it's – and this is a conversation on Twitter uh, this week. It's the difference between handicapping and betting. I'm, I'm certainly happy to sit here and handicap every single game and give you my thoughts on every <laughs> single game. But how much value is there in that, really? That's our favorite word. How much value is there if I'm not putting my money where my mouth is? So I think – frankly, I think that this is kind of a sweet spot where we're giving out as many picks as we can trying to keep your attention for 45 minutes, 30 minutes, but also talking about our process and why we're making those picks. But th- with that said, we always want to hear from our audience. If you guys want more picks, let us know. We can scale back a little bit. Um, I, I like talking about the process, personally. I think it matters. I think especially with a game like Cowboys-Falcons that we were just talking about. We were both on Dallas early, I think. That was our early lean. Talking through the process, both on the on air and off air, we came around to the Falcons. Maybe we talked ourselves into the wrong side. I don't it's think possible. so. It's possible. Yeah, anything is possible. You know, at best, you're usually dealing with 60-40 situations. I, I like talking through things. I like talking about our process. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the picks are great. I think being able to know why those picks are being made is even better. And part of my process, let's dive into the first game. Houston Texans favored by three at Washington. So part of this process, Lynch, is you got a big bowl of soup and you're putting in a bunch of stuff. Recently, probably the last five weeks, I've started to look at the ELO ratings. Advanced Analytics from the website 538. They have, as the biggest difference this week, they have the Washington Redskins favored by three and a half over Houston. To me, what am I missing, Lynch? I'm looking at this. Everything I see, listen, Redskins, number three in turnover margin. That's We know turnover's luck, okay? Their uh, injury report for the Texans is scot-free, right? They're totally clean. I looked into the numbers. Uh, the offensive line, Deshaun Watson was sacked 25 times in the first six games. Last three games, just five times. Look at his interceptions. First six games. Remember, this is a guy coming off surgery, Watson. Seven interceptions. Last three games, zero interceptions. Now, yes, that could be a product of who he's playing. I just believe the Houston Texans are the side here. I cannot be, I don't think, talked out of it despite this ELO rating saying the Redskins should be favored by three and a half. Lynch, I I think I'm going to take the Texans in the Super Contest. Good bet. Totally agree. Uh ELO is, like a lot of ratings, is based on the numbers, and there's not always a an adjustment for logic there. They're particularly, if I recall correctly, they're based on strength of schedule, your your opponent, and really more of a holistic, you know, score-based approach. That's why I like DVOA, because it really tries to drill down into the, the play-by-play level of analysis. Here we have the Texans is the 13th best team in the NFL by DVOA. Washington is 19th. You think, okay, that's that's fairly close, right? Within six positions of each other. But the gap between Houston and Washington is the same as the gap between Houston and New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah, think about that. And I think one of the big reasons that ELO is probably 
underrating Houston is because they have played so poorly on offense to this point. They're 25th in offensive DVOA, but the Houston offense that we see today is not the Houston offense that we saw even two, three, four weeks ago. Deshaun Watson clearly is feeling more comfortable and more confident after his injury than he was in the early part of the season. I think Houston's offensive line is coalescing and doing a much better job of protecting him, to your point about the sacks. And then Washington is just so banged up on both sides of the ball. I really like this bet inside of three and a half. When you get that key number of three, I think probably a vast, vast majority of the time you're either cashing this bet or you're pushing. And let's remember the Redskins at home have lost by double digits to the Colts and Falcons. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm just ta- I'm taking the Houston Texans favor by three in Washington here for the podcast. I'm betting it and in the super contest. Next up, great Sunday night game: Vikings at Bears. This line's interesting because early in the week, Bears were favored by three. You can't find threes anymore. I believe Lynch, the professional gamblers, hit the Vikings in this spot, and I'm just going to offer my quick thoughts here. You know, this is a Vikings team that. In the preseason was Super Bowl contending, right? They add Kirk Cousins. You're supposed to be awesome. It's taken them a little while. I'm going to give you a stat that I just gave for the Redskins. Number one in turnover margin in the NFL, Chicago Bears, plus 13. How long can that last? How much of it is luck? What are, what happens when the bounces start not going their way? I, I like the Bears a lot, but for me, I, I, I don't think I could take them favored by three I do think at two and a half it would be a play for me for, for the Bears yeah yeah I agree Bears Bears is the play here and it's it is all about that number the fact that it's come down to two and a half today is great value for you I mean the Bears are fourth in the NFL according to DVOA as we talked about on Monday they're the only team in the NFL that's top 10 in both offense and defense according to DVOA when you have that kind of balance you have a smart coach who's putting his quarterback in position to make plays and not make mistakes this Minnesota defense has rounded into form we had questions about them earlier in the season they're up to seventh in uh, defense of DVOA that's that's solid that's about what I think we would have expected in the preseason I think this is probably a low scoring you know NFC North clash but yeah uh, give me the Bears minus two and a half for sure and I would probably take the Bears at minus three it's a little bit tougher there I wouldn't love it but if you're if you're really looking at this game perhaps later in the week if it ticks back up to three I think there's value on Chicago at minus three let me quickly ask you uh the kicking situation for Chicago Cody Parkey, we referenced it Monday, okay? He missed a field goal at the end of the Miami game. Last week, he hit the upright four times. Two extra points, two field goals. In a game where the spread is two and a half, how much concern does the kicking game give you? I'm going to look up the temperatures in Chicago for this Sunday while you answer that. Certainly a little bit of concern. Uh, the Bears are 31st out of 32 teams in the NFL by special teams DVOA. On the other hand, the Vikings are 25th. So when you look at the special teams in aggregate, it's not like the Vikings are significantly better than the Bears. Special teams is usually about a seventh of the game in total. You know, you get about three sevenths from offense, about three sevenths from defense, and about a seventh of your overall performance comes from special teams. So certainly a concern. You could lose this bet on a missed extra point. And And maybe one that doinks off of both uprights. (laughs) At that point, I think you give them two points, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's it's certainly a concern, but it's one micro concern among a, a larger macro view of things. And last question for you on Vikings Bears. Temperatures Sunday night expected to be in the high 20s. Of course, Minnesota, a dome team going outdoors. Any thoughts on the weather being a factor here either way? I think I would 
have more faith in the weather affecting Minnesota's offense if someone other than Kirk Cousins were the quarterback. Yeah, I love me some Kirk Cousins. Uh, all right, let's get next game. Now, this one's fascinating. Uh, I'm calling it a double revenge special. The Pittsburgh Steelers visit the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags getting five. Now, Lynch, uh, you know, this is one where... <sighs> I just love Pittsburgh here. Am I being irrational and being that, you know, Joe Public gambler who just saw Pittsburgh hang 52 on Carolina and Jacksonville a smoldering train wreck, uh, three and six out of the playoff race? Am I being a square better wanting to get Pittsburgh at kind of a, a, a generic number five and a half, which doesn't really mean anything in the super contest? Yeah, your thoughts on on Pittsburgh? Favored by five and a half in Jackson. In a weird way, this boils down to a very simple question that I will put to you, J-Mac. Do you believe that the Steelers winning by a touchdown or more is the likeliest outcome here? When you just think about this game. I, I, I No. See, I do. I, really? I think the Steelers winning by a touchdown is probably the likeliest outcome here. Like I said on Monday, it really, for me, comes down to the strength of the Steelers wide receiving core. I do think they're getting more credit then maybe we would like because of that absolute trouncing of the Panthers. I mean, they've moved up to fifth in total DVOA, the Steelers have. Wow. Yeah, based on the strength of that Thursday night performance. That said, when you annihilate a good team, I think you should get credit for that, and I think they did it on the strength of that wide receiving core. I expect a very similar performance against the Jaguars, unless Jalen Ramsey suddenly becomes the Jalen Ramsey of old. You know, if, if that happens, then maybe the Jaguars cover here. I would have loved to have gotten it at three and a half. I didn't because this is a probably actually a stay away game for me in a weird way. Variance is your worst enemy as a gambler. Ideally, you want to know that you can count on a team and know that your analysis is going to be right more often than not. And the Jaguars might be the most variant team in the NFL. So any given Sunday, I don't know what I'm getting out of Blake Bortles. I really don't know what I'm getting out of this Jaguars defense. That said, I'll play the percentages, at least in my book, and I'll say I think the Steelers win by a touchdown here. Give me the value there of it being five and a half instead of six and a half. And and one thing that's tough to when you look at the numbers as you do, you know, the improvement from Pittsburgh on the road. We know historically Ben's home road splits have been not favorable. So here's what they did on the road. They tied the Browns in the opener. That was kind of in the rain, a messy one. Then they barely got by Tampa, had a big lead, gave a lot of it away. Beat the Bengals on a TD in the final minute, and they handled Baltimore pretty easily. I think this is a bit of a step up in class, and that's why seven, which you said is is sketchy to me. I think it's a strong lean for me at five in the super con, five and a half in the super contest. So, so Lynch is not loving this one. It's five and a half is one of those weird numbers. And listen, if they just feed Fournette, I know he wasn't great last week on the ground. He did have over 100 yards combined rushing and receiving. But if any any reason I'm really in on Pittsburgh, it's because I think they saw that Patriots lost to Tennessee and they think, man, if the Chiefs go down this weekend, number one seed could be in play. And I know Mike Tomlin's let me down in the past a lot, so I give a strong lean to the Pittsburgh Steelers, favored by five and a half. Yeah, really quick. I, it's interesting. You know, we talk about these soft considerations versus hard data and things like that. This is one where even I start to think about some of those spot considerations, mm. right? The Steelers very clearly have something to play for. 
there's every chance this Jaguars team is about to give up. <laughs> so if the Steelers take an early lead, what does Jacksonville really have to play for and to try to storm back? Mm-hmm. I don't know that that team has necessarily the pride to do that. And I, I hate to say that's not something no. that I would typically say, but it is, it's not something I'm factoring into my, my handicapping mm-hmm. on this game particularly, but I do wonder. And, and there is one thing. like I w- I'm so nerdy about this because I want to be successful at gambling that I'm looking at like practice reports. There was a report out Sunday Day after the Jags game that the rest of the defense was in man and sometimes Jalen Ramsey was just freelancing and maybe that had to do with miss me when I'm gone if you watch that first half the Colts went TD punt TD 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 it was like easily they just steamrolled absolutely plowed over the Jags I, I think internally they've got some major issues so I give a strong lean to the Steelers at five and a half and finally Final game we're going to look at. It's the creme de la creme of the football schedule. Chiefs at Rams. Now, I know this is Monday night, and we'll dive into it Monday, but we did want to touch on it because of what happened this week. The game was moved from Mexico City to L.A. Rams favored by now three and a half. So it looks like a one-point line move, Andrew Lynch here. We know the Cooper Cup news. He's out for the season. Uh, A guy we both know. For reasons we won't get into, Josh Reynolds will be taking his spot. Reynolds has uh, performed well this season. I'm a little surprised here that it's three and a half, given that Chiefs offense. At three and a half, I lean Chiefs, but at three, I like the Rams. Your initial thoughts? Yeah, I would agree. I'm really fascinated to see what kind of home field advantage the Rams might have uh, at the Coliseum. I I wonder if perhaps, given that they're giving away tickets to first responders, perhaps a slightly different fan base, um, maybe that home field advantage is worth three points. But even then, that doesn't get you to three and a half, right? And the Chiefs, by most every metric are the better team actually fairly significantly. And the Rams, you know, by DVOA, the Rams are right there with the Chiefs. They're actually second, but they're about 10% relative to average behind the Rams. They're closer to the Bears at four than they are to the Chiefs at one. So then I start to, so I, I agree. I think Chiefs plus three and a half is a very, very good bet here. I would lean Chiefs two and a half, even up almost up to a pick I think the Chiefs are the better team here, huh. so they win more often. So if they're if I'm getting points, awesome. Right. What I do have to stop and think about is, okay, why are the Rams favored here? Is it because this is a very chaotic situation and we think the home team might have a slight might adjust to the changing circumstances a little bit better? Perhaps. But I think it really comes down to Faith in the Rams running game. Mm. They have the number one rush offense in the NFL against the number 32 rush defense in the Chiefs. Hey, David Johnson had a good game against them last week. And Case, like, that doesn't even begin to state how bad KC is against the run. The gap between 32 and 31 is the same as the gap between 10 and 19. (laughs) Like, it is, the Chiefs are bad Mm. against the run. The Rams, number one run blocking offensive line in the NFL. They, and again, by more than 10%, the next team, they are just significantly better than everyone else on the ground. If the Rams come out and control the game on the ground, they probably eke out a win here. But even then, I think it's probably by a field goal. So maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe the Rams hang an L on the Chiefs, but I've got to take the Chiefs plus three and a half. Quick, Great no, bet. See, this is where I always learned something. I didn't realize the Chiefs D were on the run game was that bad. So I looked at what the Patriots did. What did Belichick do? Sony Michelle. 
24 carries, 106 yards, two TDs. They rushed for a buck 73. I just was looking into this game also. Lynch, two other factors I want to toss at you, and I know producer Conrad will love this second one. So number one, the Chiefs are the most penalized team in the NFL by far. 84 penalties. And this is already a bad defense, right? Most penalized team now going on the road. I think that that plays a little bit. That's interesting to me. The next point, you guys know I love spot. How's this for a revenge spot for Marcus Peters, who's had an awful, awful season now going against the Chiefs team that he played for last year? Remember how ugly that ended in the New York Jets game? He was called for a penalty. He threw a flag in the stands. I think he got ejected. I wonder if he finally shows up. We know he's struggling this year. Does he show up in a revenge spot against Tyreek Hill, who I'm sure he practiced against for a couple years? I wonder, is this the game Wade Phillips, defensive mind, can he maybe come up with something to slow down a young quarterback in Pat Mahomes? Damn, I think I just talked myself into Rams, even at three and a half. I don't hate it, I would, but to, to piggyback off that last point, if you're on the Chiefs' side like I am, strike now, because I don't think this line's going up to four. I think, if anything, it probably comes back down closer yeah. to three, potentially, as we get okay. in later into the week, and bigger bets start coming in. So right. there, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I know we did too many games, but you do like picks. So Houston, favored by three over Washington. We both love it. Bears favor by two and a half over the Vikings. I like Bears at two and a half. I don't love three. Lynch is... I'll take Bears two and a half, and I would take them at three, although I wouldn't be thrilled about wouldn't it. Wouldn't be thrilled. Okay. Jacksonville getting five and a half. I like Pittsburgh a lot. Lynch? Uh, give me the Steelers. Yes. And finally, Rams. I like them at three, not at three and a half. And Lynch... I I like it's the Chiefs tough. here. I but, like... I really As long as this doesn't get within three... I will be betting pretty significantly on the Chiefs. If it gets inside of three, I would probably has that's probably stay away territory for me. This just dawned upon me, and producer Conrad, sorry to make this longer, but are any people listening to this saying why do they keep talking about three, three? Why three, not three and a half? Why two, two and a half, not three? Lynch, tell people why three is such a key number. I believe it's 21% of NFL games are decided by three points or less. It is the most key number that you can have. Uh, it's just that is in aggregate. That's the larger meta trend in the NFL. Games are generally decided by a field goal or less. There you go, folks. Listen, we're giving you information here to hopefully make you a better gambler. Now, money line picks. Now, Lynch, you get the floor first. You nailed the Buffalo Bills last weekend. You did a victory lap all week. You're wearing your Buffalo blue today. Who you got on the money line this weekend? I want to preface this by saying I, this is one of my favorite segments. Oh, I love boy. that we do a money line bet every week. Oh, boy. I'm not in love with any <laughs> of the money lines. I actually like one of the ones that you're going to give yes. us because I believe you have two once I again do. this week. Yeah. You're staying away from the parlay, though, yes, right? Yes, no $100 parlays on dogs with fleas. That's Perfect. not happening. We just added value just by doing that. So with this said, I'm getting my JR Swish on. I am taking a heat check from 70 feet Woo! all season long. Fade John Gruden. Fade John Gruden. Fade John Gruden. It has gotten you to the window seven out of nine times. Give me the Oakland Raiders wow. plus 200, 206, depending on where you're getting it, on the money line against my Arizona Cardinals. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, I when he said Oakland, I was like, 
My gosh. And then my second thought was, wait a sec, Josh Rosen's favored by four and a half? Uh, maybe there's something here. I will say, though, I did like what I saw from Rosen against the 32nd-ranked defense last week. Oakland on the road, this looks like a team that's quit. So, listen, if he hits this, uh, folks, you got to give him the love. Oakland Raiders plus 200. Is that what you guys are seeing? 200, okay. Um, I'm going with a double, not parlaying it. Sorry, not this week. Um, I'm going to go Philadelphia Eagles plus 306 on the money line. I know there's there's not much rhyme or reason behind this. The line, the point spread has come down. It's 8.5 in the contest. It's currently at 8. I think it'll tick down further. I know they're beat up. The secondary is a mash unit. They just got embarrassed on an island game in national television. At home, no less, to Dak Prescott. When the sky is falling, you know, maybe there's some value. I just think that's a lot of points. I do, for what it's worth. I know this is the money line segment. I like New Orleans to cover that, especially if it gets below eight. I just expect a track meet in New Orleans. I think, you know, Philly's 17th in red zone conversion percentage this season. I think they'll manage to move the ball a little bit against New Orleans. I just don't, I think they're going to settle for field goals and the Saints are going to march up and down the field for touchdowns. It's weird. The Philadelphia Eagles fans hate me because during that London game, I said, was Carson Wentz a one-year wonder or is he a turnover machine? He led the NFL in fumbles as a rookie. I think he was second, or he was in the top five last year, and he's, again, among the league leaders. He had a bad interception on, on the Sunday night football game. Listen, you turn it over here, you're going to get blown out. Wentz, though, his numbers are, are a good season for him. Uh, I don't think they're going to win, but if I'm looking for value, you know, you put 50 bucks on the Eagles' money line, that's not a bad little payout. Uh, my other money line pick, feeling a little more confident in. The Indianapolis Colts. Producer Conrad said he saw minus 120, okay? This point spread was two. It has come down to one and a half as we are recording this podcast on Thursday. Now, I mentioned the ELO ratings before. ELO has Tennessee favored in this game by one and a half. So I'm like, what's going on here? Well, okay, we know the Colts love to use the tight end. Frank Reich did it in Philly. He's doing it in Indy. I mean... Eric Ebron looks like a star. How did Detroit let him go? So then I looked. How's Tennessee defending the tight end? And this is part of the process. Tennessee's number one in the NFL defending tight What? Oh, geez, the Colts are in trouble. Do I have to look at the Titans? Wait, 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 wait. Let's slow down, Jason. Slow down. Who have they gone up against? What tight ends? Did they face Gronk? No, he, he was out injured. They haven't faced Kelsey. Wait, they haven't faced any top 20 tight ends? Oh, no, they faced one, Zach Ertz. Yes, here it is. Zach Ertz, 14 targets, 10 catches, 112 yards. So they faced one good tight end, and they got lit up by him. Ebron, Jack Doyle's now healthy. How are they going to handle both of those? I looked at the Titans linebackers. They're okay. I just feel like the Titans are a little overvalued, Lynch, and feel free to push back. They get that big win in an island game against the Cowboys on the road. Then they smoke the Patriots. And I think, you know, the knowledge that Vrabel had going against his uh, his former coach, Bill Belichick, plus the revenge for Deion Lewis and Malcolm Butler, I feel like that was just a weird anomaly crushing the Patriots. I, I think the Sharps are on Tennessee. I'm going to make a dumb play here. Not only money line, I think I'm taking them in the Super Contest. Talk me out of it, Lynch. I can't. My only hesitation here is I don't really like taking money line bets on favorites. <laughs> I, I, I like finding a dog that I can get, you know, two, two and a half, three to one on. Um, especially in a league where so many of these games come down to coin flips. That said, I, I love that pick for you against the spread. 
And I think it's solid value on the money line. So, yeah, if we're going down, we're going down together on this one. (laughs) All right, that's a lot of picks, folks. So don't tweet at me. Don't DM me on Instagram. Where are the picks? Who do you got? We just gave a lot of picks to you. Or do keep you know if you want more picks, we'll pick every single. I'm we'll pick every single game if that's what people want. But they're gonna have to put up or shut up on all of them too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. The big Thursday night game here on Fox. Green Bay producer Conrad's Seattle Seahawks are favored against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Lynch, I'm gonna let you go first. We have not discussed this game amongst ourselves, but I have a feeling we're on different sides. Where's your money gonna be tonight? Andrew Taking the Lynch? points. Uh, I think these are two ridiculously even teams. They're within 1% of each other in total DVOA. And they both they have very similar profiles offensively and defensively as well. Um, so I'm going to take the points here. I My initial lean was to Seattle. Even though Aaron Rodgers' numbers are a little bit behind Russell Wilson's, I think it's fair to say that Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback. And with two top 10 teams, we've talked about this over the past few weeks, I'm going to go with the team that has the most elite unit. And in this game, that's the Packers offense. There it is. Um, So not hugely confident. This is a half unit play for me, but I like the Packers three-point dogs here. Yeah, I'm with you. I got to go with Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I don't have concrete numbers on this, but I, I've heard people talk about it. I think I maybe saw it on a TV screen. November, December is when Aaron Rodgers gets hot, and he just starts beating people. He's a money quarterback. This guy's a very good. I think he can go into Seattle and take him down. Remember, Rams moved the ball at will, at will against the Seattle defense twice. The Chargers, with Phillip Rivers, went into Seattle and just moved the ball at will. I know they got a pick six touchdown there, and they they scored an offensive TD in the second half. I'm not betting against Aaron Rodgers at this stage in the game. I like the emergence of the running back, uh, Jones. Very good player. Now, defensively, I don't know if they can get the stops against this emerging Seattle run game. I know uh, Carson, the running back, is back. They got Rashad Penny, who's pretty good. Uh, I'm just going to go with Aaron Rodgers here on the road. Uh, any line movement that you're seeing here, we, we've seen a lot of line movement in Thursday night games, and it's been the wrong side, okay? Uh, repeatedly. Remember, what was the game last week? The Thursday night game, a ton of money came in on one side. We'd seen it with Giants. That was a failure. We'd seen it with the Arizona Cardinals. I lost that one against the Broncos. We see this repeatedly, but... Are you seeing any line movement at all here, Lynch? Last week was the Panthers-Steelers. And that yes. one, yeah, I mean, it literally, the line got cut in half. It opened at seven, came down to three and, and a half. And it was all the wrong side. Yep. They were way off. So it looks to me like a juiced three is all you can get with Seattle. So the money's on the Seahawks. I'm feeling good being on the Packers. I I don't disagree. In fact, if you if you're really feeling froggy, three to two on a Packers money line bet. I, mm, I don't hate feeling that. Feeling froggy. I don't know that expression. Feeling froggy, leap. How about this? Ooh, I do like that. How about a cross-tease NBA Warriors-Rockets tonight with Thursday Night Football? Are you taking both of the dogs there? Uh, Golden State Warriors are underdogs in Houston. I actually, uh, I hate to reveal this, I already bet the Rockets tonight, favored by two. I, I know I'm out on the Rockets this year. I just worry about the turmoil, Draymond, KD, no Steph Curry tonight. But Play drop 60, Warriors win by 20. I think Warriors Pac- win by 20! <laughs> In Houston. Wow. So uh, if you're looking for a fun action teaser, hey, have fun. It's gambling, but hey, uh, as always, be cautious with your money. I'm not talking about a car payment on a teaser NFL NBA. Why are you so sweaty? I was watching cops. On to the college football slate. I wish I was as hot 
in the NFL as I've been on college. Only three and two last week. Um, I'm actually not going to offer five this week. I've been doing five all season. I've only got four for you because if you missed it earlier in the podcast, hopefully you're not skipping around in put up or shut up. Uh, I was on two games, the Texas-Iowa State and Notre Dame-Syracuse. If you missed those, hey, you got to rewind and get them. Here are my four picks in college football. First up, oh boy, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I think they're still the Golden Gophers, right? That's such a goofy nickname. They're favored by one against Northwestern. Now, if you don't follow the Big Ten at all, somehow, improbably, Northwestern is in the Big Ten title game. Folks, they did not win a game in the non-conference. They lost to Akron. I think they mail it in here because they're already in the Big Ten title game. It's a, it's it's done. I think Minnesota at home handles Northwestern. I like Minnesota favored by one. Next up, this is a producer Conrad special. We love Scott Frost at Nebraska. They are hosting Michigan State. Mark D'Antonio, not a good coach as a favorite on the road. He's just 2-9 and nine as a favorite in his last 11 on the road. Remember, we gave out Arizona State against them earlier this season. That cashed. I'm taking Nebraska, getting a point and a half. Folks, Nebraska is going to be something special, okay? Get your futures bet on next season, them getting to the Big Ten title game. That's going to be in play. We love Scott Frost. We love their quarterback, the young kid, Martinez. I like Nebraska getting one and a half at home against Michigan State. And now I got two in the Pac-12. Pac-12 after dark is a thing. And boy, I could be in a dark place taking these two do- these two uh, underdogs. Uh, the Cal Bears getting two at home against Stanford. Now we know Cal, Justin Wilcox just took down USC last week. It wasn't pretty, okay? They were down at the half. I think they were down 14-0 in that game. Came back and won 15-14. Stanford's just not very good this year. We know this is a huge rivalry game. Producer Conrad... Any thoughts on me taking Cal plus two against Stanford? No, not at all. I was at the USC game last weekend. It was homecoming weekend. The USC crowd was hype. Cal walked right in there and stole a dub from him. I don't see any difference this weekend with Stanford coming in. I actually hit producer Conrad up for his college picks. He sends me six favorites. I'm like, geez, wait a sec. I'm looking at three dogs. What the hell's going on? All right, so my final one is uh, involved. Let's go! Andrew Lynch's alma mater. The Arizona Wildcats visit Washington State. Now, Wazoo's awesome this year, according to their record. You know, the, the metrics, uh, not so much. They are 10.5-point favorites against Khalil Tate. I can't believe I'm doing this. On the Palouse, I'm taking Arizona, getting 10.5. There's the only reason before I turn it to Lynch is I believe Washington State is looking to next week's Apple Cup. The big game against Washington. It's a massive game. Washington's very good, but hasn't been great this year. I think Washington State focuses on that game. And I think Arizona with Khalil Tate, who's playing well lately, I think he can get them within the number. I I, I don't love this pick, Lynch. B-T-F-D. My Arizona fans know what that means. Um, There's a swear word in there, so I'm not going to actually spell it out on the podcast. Well, I guess I just kind of (laughs) did. Yeah, I mean, Tate's, you know, Arizona has kind of underwhelmed this year. I mean, they're not a football school, clearly. uh, But I had high expectations for Tate coming into this year. He's rounded into form as we've gone on. And remember, I don't, I don't think you mentioned it, Arizona is still in contention for the Pac-12 yes, title. That's they, if they win this weekend, which, ha, but if they win this weekend, they control their own destiny in the Pac-12 South. So, yeah, 
Let's bear down. Okay, there it is. Let me give you my four picks real quick, and then I got one other note. Minnesota favored by one, Nebraska getting one and a half, Cal getting two, and Arizona getting ten and a half. So, Producer Conrad, this is how bleak the week was. I'm I'm not kidding you. I looked in-depth at these games. UCLA. (laughs) Oh, my God. Chip Kelly's team is really bad. I looked at Hawaii against UNLV. This is one of the worst games and I'm like, wait a sec, is Hawaii going to be a play? Because you can't look at Alabama, you can't look at Oklahoma. None of those games are in play this week because it's basically cupcake week ahead of rivalry week. Any thoughts you have, Producer Conrad, on this weekend? Be careful, folks. I'm telling you, just be careful this weekend. I told you guys before we started the podcast, the one game I love this weekend, we both got burnt on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Mm. I think with the game with uh, game day going down to UCF, UCF is seven-point favorites. Give me UCF. I think they really show what they are, and I think Cincinnati's true colors are going to come out too, and they're going to get beat by a couple scores. Cincinnati let both of us down last weekend, of course, opting not to score in the final minute from, like, the two-yard line. Thank you very much, Bearcats. Before we wrap up another edition of Coming Up Winners, we're going to get Andrew Lynch getting some weekend sweat here in a minute. I just want to remind you guys, thank you so much for listening. Last Thursday's podcast was our most listened to of the young season. Hey, we're new kids on the block here. Hanging tough. And uh, no, that was bad. Uh, don't edit that out, Conrad. That, I, I like that. I, I'm a little bit of a music nerd. I love uh, 80s and 90s music. But in all seriousness, subscribe, rate, and review. We love those reviews. They help bump us up in the podcast rankings, however that thing works. So thank you for all those kind words. And uh, produ- uh, and before we depart for the weekend, Mr. Andrew Lynch, do you have any NFL, college football, NBA, any sporting thoughts you want to offer up? Oh, yes, I do, J-Mac. It is Survivor Series this weekend in beautiful Los Angeles, California at the Staples Center. I will be there. I will also be at the NXT TakeOver event on Saturday evening. If any of our listeners are fellow wrestling fans, drop me a mention on Twitter. Let's meet up and say hello. I'd love to meet everybody. Um, If not, though, I got a couple bets that I've got in my pocket for this weekend. Brock Lesnar, who is the (laughs) universal champion once again, and sooner than later, hopefully we'll be fighting our good friend Daniel Cormier in the octagon. Uh, Minus 300 to beat Daniel Bryan. Listen, short of a schmoz finish, Brock's not losing. Period. End of story. Ever on a pay-per-view. Can I ask? Absolutely. Wrestling is scripted. Yes, sir. Okay. One might say it's fake. (laughs) So somebody out there already knows... Who's going to win this? So real quick tangent here. Um, For anyone who's made it this deep into the podcast, thank you. We'll now regale you with a little wrestling gambling story. About about a year ago, I want to say, there was a, it might have even been Survivor Series last year. Someone made a $30 parlay on every single match on an 11 match card. And what do you know? They got them all (laughs) right for a five-figure payday because, yeah, someone internally who was was on their way out the door decided, why not use this insider knowledge that I have to uh, make a little bit of money? Um, They got caught, I would assume. They got caught. They uh, were terminated without their severance that I think they were counting on. And gambling on WWE came off the board for a few months while they uh, shored up those leaks. Did they get their ticket cashed? You know, that I don't know. Mm. I uh, I would imagine yes, because I I think that the cash came in before anyone was asking questions, but I legitimately don't know. Um, but that said, yes, there are 
There are people out there who know these already. They're kind of an honor system. They're asked not to gamble on them. I think most of them abide by that. Some don't. Uh, but yeah, Brock Lesnar minus 300, cash that one. And then Ronda Rousey, we're going to, you know, we're staying in a UFC space at the very least. Give me Charlotte Flair plus 500. I think Ronda loses here with a little interference from Becky Lynch. I won't dive too deep into that because my wrestling fans know what I'm talking about. The rest <laughs> of you just heard Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's getting kicked in the face and she's going to lose in a scripted event okay. this weekend. Uh, my wrestling knowledge ends at Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Coco Beware. Little Randy Savage, ooh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's not a bad impersonation. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Yes, I was a wrestling fan back in the day. Not right now, but hey, there's always room to add new stuff. For Andrew Lynch, I am Jason McIntyre. Thank you for listening. Subscribe, rate, review. We'll talk to you Monday.